I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. the fangirls on jackalope radio hey everybody and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the fangirl radio show i am your host jessica dwyer and we survived halloween but that being said after watching this week's walking dead we know not everyone survives everything um but we'll get to that in a moment i have to introduce my girls and uh cohorts in crime here um with me as always is the lovely and talented rachel moore Arg. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that, was, that was my zombie at the end of uh, uh, Yes, mutant enemy. And also with me is the lovely and talented Ren Wellox. Hello, Arg. Uh, wow. Wow. God. We're just over and um, yeah, compensating with the special effects. Yes. Um, lack thereof. So, and also with us is the ghostly and also lovely and talented Amanda. Uh, you may or may not be able to hear her tonight. I don't know. Gerarg. I guess you can. <laughs> and she's just as lame as the rest of us. Hey. What? Hey. Have you, have you seen that outro? He says it with just as little of emotion as we're saying it. I know. Yes, I've seen that outro many, many, many times. I saw the um, outro before so- you were born. Uh, Whatever. We're <laughs> giving us crap. We're just mimicking. <laughs> so tonight's episode is going to be uh, super packed and and just super awesome as well. We are talking Walking Dead tonight um, because that episode deserves almost its entire own episode to talk about. But that uh, we don't we can't do that, of course. But we are going to be discussing The Walking Dead. I'm also going to have uh, a little brief interview that I had with um, Sarah and Irony, who uh, we we regretfully lost this weekend on the show. Oh my God, it was so sad. And uh, then after we've discussed and done our special announcement, we will have yet another special announcement. We will be announcing a special guest at the March Horror Hound Weekend. And uh, that no one has heard about yet. No one knows this. It's our exclusive. 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 And uh, also, we will be having Nathan Hanneman and Mr. Sean Clark of Horrors Hallowed Grounds, as well as the. As well as the man responsible for Jamie Lee Curtis coming to Horror Hound Weekend next week. Yes. So it's going to be a packed show. And with that being said. First off, Rachel, you have a special announcement slash winner. 
Yes, as some of you know, we did a giveaway recently with bunnieslippers.com. That's bunnieslippers.com. They sell more than bunny slippers, and they sent me a really great pair of Freudian slippers. They also sell zombie slippers and new this week, Hobbit slippers. But the winner of our giveaway was Bonnie Powell Morningstar. Congratulations. We hope you enjoy your Chewbacca um, slippers. That's the wi- her winning selection. So enjoy those, and make sure to keep an eye on fangirlmag.com and bunnieslippers.com for new stuff coming at you and more giveaways in the future. Heck yeah, that's awesome. He chose Chewy. Ah, oh, Chewy on your footy. Ah, oh, yeah, I said that. <laughs> oh, it's in theme. It's me. in theme. It's on all it of is. It is a theme. And um, so moving on with the theme of the show, I uh, before we get into our discussion, I want to I want to share with you all the um, a couple of questions I got to ask of the Walking Dead uh, stars, Sarah Callis and Irony Singleton, who played Lori and T-Dog on the show for three seasons. This last weekend's episode, um, if you haven't seen this yet or if you haven't heard about it. I, I, I don't know what to tell you at this point. If There's no way you can't have heard. I so, don't watch Walking Dead, and I watched this episode. So Yes, that's that's telling, because Rachel does not do squishy zombie guts. And I, she I did. don't zombie. She, she did. So, um, with that being said, uh, here is my brief interview with Irony and Sarah. And uh, it's it's awesome. Uh, Sarah Callis gives you gives us some really beautiful input on... on um, filming that that scene that will stick with many many fans of the show for a very long time as well as irony singleton is just as crazy awesome as you would imagine um and uh it was even though we didn't get much of t-dog t-dog made an impact on a lot of people so uh his his loss was was a big one for a lot of people too and boy he went out with like a man he went out like a man so with that being said here is uh sarah and irony um, hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. My pleasure. Good morning. Good morning. Um, and you made me cry last night, so just so you know, <laughs> thank you for that. Um, but I, I wanted to definitely ask you about um, Lori's death in particular it, from the comic was very different, and you sort of had a redemptive moment with with how emotional and just heroic she she did what she did. Um, can you talk about how you got to that level of emotion as an actress and also with your the bond you have with Chandler as your son in the show, how was that to work through? Well, I think the lyrics are very unique, I think, among the ones we've had in The Walking Dead because it's one that she's chosen. Um, I think the only other one that comes close is Jim deciding to be left by the side of the road in episode 105, although she's already been bitten at that point. Um, so it's an interesting tone because it's it's not surrounded by quite the same level of crisis and panic, although she's clearly in a situation where um, she's clearly in a situation where things are going to go badly <laughs> without her choice. You know, I think in a way preparing for a scene like that has to do with the work you've done for the last two and a half years. Um, I don't really know how... I can't imagine doing a scene like that and so the first scene of a movie with an actor you didn't have a strong rapport with and a character you didn't know quite as well, but I think there was something about... Um, 
something that I've seen a lot that I think we all sort of felt that the best thing we can do is just be present and support one another and create an environment where anything's okay. Um, it was pretty rock quiet through that whole scene. We didn't close the set, the whole crew was there. Mm-hmm. And there was a level of concentration and respect and focus from all 80 people who were there. That was remarkable. And I, I think it was probably also significant that the entire cast showed up. I mean, I finished the scene and I came out and there was almost every single member of our cast that would just come to sit and watch um, and be there. And I think that was important for Chandler so that he was surrounded by the people that he would be moving on with. Right. Um, it was difficult, I'll be honest. You know, Chandler and I didn't really talk at all the week that we were shooting that because couldn't really look at each other without, uh, without reading it. I love that kid. Um, and when we lost, when we lost John, and we were there, and, you know, we put our arms around him and we said, you know, you have us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I felt like a bit of a jerk. <laughs> How did you get reassured that this young man that I was either for him and then took, taken off five episodes later, but, um, but he's in very good hands with that casting crew, and he's a remarkable professional, and I know he'll be fine. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for that beautiful scene. I mean, I've never cried so much in my life. So I will highlight that because it really nailed us. And thank you for that. I mean, that was just beautiful sacrifice. So thank you. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. Dwyer, Fangirl Radio and Magazine. Your line is open. Hi. Hi. Um, So uh, I was very sad to see you go on the show. Um, and I was doing a lot of crying last night, which I'm sure a lot of other people were. Um, but I wanted to know, a show like this, is not you're not guaranteed uh, a longevity of the life on it, um, especially with what goes on in there with just the, the basis of the show. Did you have or know and I have an idea that you were going to, to, to go out like this when you signed on? And what was your reaction when you finally read the death scene and what, how you went out sort of like a badass hero? <laughs> thank you so much, Jessica. And I want to thank all the fans, too, for all of their tears and, and constant words of support and encouragement as well. I had no idea I was going to go out so heroically at the beginning because when I was first cast in the show... I, I was told that I would do two and maybe three episodes, but it ended up going for three, I ended up staying on the show for three seasons, so how magnificent and miraculous is that, so I'm so very thankful for that, and uh, when I got the phone call, the death call, I called it, I called it, I called it on, on the talking to when Glenn called me, you know, he was very gracious and uh, and appreciative of what I've done, and as, as were every, you know, as was everybody else, the entire uh, executive team, so I was just very thankful to receive the phone call and to be re- respected in that sense, and when I read the script, he told me I was going to die, he I was going to die, and and I was looking forward to reading the script, and when I read it, I was thankful that he would go out heroically as a hero, so it made me feel really good, and it made me feel really appreciated. 
Well, and the thing that I, I was sort of joking with a friend of mine was if you have a moral dilemma and you're on the side of the angels, apparently you die in this show. <laughs> what it sounds like. Because <laughs> you kind of had the same thing with Dale. <laughs> You kind of had the same uh, attitude as Dale about, no, we keep him alive, it'll be all right. And <laughs> yeah, I've seen that before. They said that once you have that 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 moral, uh, I guess, dysfunctional moment when you kind of try to appeal to everybody's conscience and uh, to try to be the voice of reason, then you get that for an awesome character and you were just you know yay you were badass when you went out so thanks man I, I loved it <laughs> thank you so much Jessica I appreciate you I love you I love all your fans appreciate it God bless now we discussed The Walking Dead um, apparently Ren didn't get a chance to see it but there's no way you're not going to get spoiled uh, on what happened it was so major and um, I know Amanda watched it and Rachel Moore, who has never watched a single episode of The that's, Walking that's Dead. That's not true. I watched most of season one. Most of season one. But you've been behind I, on I everything. I have seen it. So, like, I'm watching it and I'm like, wait, is that, the, that, that kid still alive? The wandering off kid is still alive? And then I was like, <laughs> wait, why is the wandering off kid the, the smartest, strongest person in this episode? I, I was confused. But it was a pretty intense episode. Yeah, well, and what happened with Carl was some intense stuff second season that you don't you haven't seen basically yeah, but it's kind of funny it's like those things that you see on tumblr where it's like things that i i um guess about what this tv show is about just by like what you see on tumblr it's like things i've put together about all three seasons of the show based on this one episode so it's kind of funny and weird for me because like you just described him as the smartest strongest character on the show well, up until season three, he was the dumbest character on the show. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, where's Carl? Uh, he's wandered off. Uh, he's almost going to get oh. everyone killed. Where's Carl? Where's Carl? What's, what's, he's this throwing is, rocks at a shit. zombie. Where's Carl? He's stealing this, this episode. Down. This episode was funny because it sort of was like the anti-everything-else episode. Lori is a loving and beautiful, caring mother, and Carl is a little strong badass, not the annoying you know, Pratt that he's been for three, for two seasons. And what's that, what happened there? If you go on fangirlmag.com, I have a couple of previous uh, interviews that I did with uh, the stars and the creators of The Walking Dead. And one of them has Andrew Lincoln discussing what happened in that seven to eight month time frame of, of between sec the end of the second season and the beginning of the third. And in that time, Carl has become the mini soldier for Rick. He's he's his his right hand uh, along with Daryl, and it's amazing to see that change because uh, what happened with Shane and Rick and and Carl and and what happened between basically Carl, Dale, and the zombie that killed Dale changed that kid forever. 
And um, I loved one thing that I, and Amanda, you can jump in here too. Uh, the thing that, that I took from this this episode, besides, you know, just how beautifully, you know, the beautiful sacrifice of Lori, who redeemed herself in those moments, and Carl having to man up, and um, and just that whole entire exchange with Maggie, because Maggie had never really had to deal or come to terms with doing much of anything in something like this. I mean, Maggie has always had everyone else to rely upon and, and she's been coming stronger, but this was like the moment that she became, you know, a woman in, in one way, a woman warrior um, to rely upon was the fact that this all seemed very karmic and everyone paid a price and has been paying a price for things that I they have done. I have to ask some things here because because I have missed so much and because I'm just extrapolating from this one. There were two things that bothered me. And the first was, okay, Lori, she always really, really annoyed me. But something that she seemed to always get a bad rap for was the fact that when her husband was in a coma, she was with his best friend, which I don't think is something to get a, that she should necessarily get the, I don't know. I mean, she was under the impression that her husband was dead because she was right. told as much by Shane. And then I was pissed at her for a long time because of the way she treated Shane by first saying, right. don't come anywhere near me or my son, and then being mad at him when he did what she asked. But right. the, the weird thing was, the, at the end of season two, she and Rick had kind of, like, Rick told her he knew and he always knew. Some part of him always knew that that's what had happened. So it didn't come as a huge surprise to him. And he even asked, he said, you know, you thought I was dead. And she's like, yeah, I thought you were dead. So there was even a small, you know, modicum of, okay. of, of reconciliation. And then suddenly season three comes around and Rick hates her. And like, I was no, thrown no, by that I too. Think I think the thing that irritated uh, what it was and, and, and it is the fact that first of all, where I was going with, her comeuppance for what she did this was her payment you know she she was the one that she got pregnant and this was her way of making peace with everything and and she knew it was a death sentence when she realized she was pregnant but it was a, it was kind of her you know her retribution came with this but at the same time her deliverance i can tell you why lori was not liked by a lot of people was she was lady macbeth she played Shane and Rick in that in that ending of uh, the last couple of episodes of season two. She is the reason that Shane. She basically dangled the carrot of herself at him, and it. Yes, she did. When Everyone, did she do that? every in that one scene that she goes to him, knowing that he is he's going to leave, and it would be the best thing for everyone, really, if he did. She went and made it sound like, you know, I never thanked you for that. And really, you know, she had to know after all the things that she'd been told that don't do this. The man tried to rape you. Don't yeah. go and, and say this stuff to him. Then come back to Rick and, and whisper in his ear while you're wiping the blood off your hands and then have him realize, oh, he's still after my wife. And so, then. So, so that was. And, and, and this fed to what happened between Shane and Rick. And I don't know. Shane I didn't and Rick. Take it, 
I didn't take it that way at all. I didn't take it like she was playing them against each other. And so she told she told him not to leave, which was stupid. But that's the one thing that I've always known about Lori is Lori is stupid. My second question was because I haven't I, I did I missed all of season two. There's a character which I part of me really likes the character from what I've seen of her, and part of me worries that she's such a typical trope and that's this Michonne chick like she's pretty badass from what I can see but at the same time she seems to really inhabit that kind of mystic black trope oh, that I'm like Michonne you know is a complete and utter badass yeah but I stereotype. and so yeah, I just she, wanted no, to see if a, that was just me or no she is a complete <laughs> badass and in the comic books she's amazing and yeah I mean I know but she, I, if you've read, then you've read the comics. Have you read the comics? Badassery is a little one-dimensional, and it'd be nice if, if they can flesh her character out and make her more of a person. And well, they do that, and, and in the comics, they do that as well. And but they didn't give you. They kind of switched the. Um, they kind of did a, a weirdness with the the pets, because you find out a lot more of Michonne through her pets in the comic books, um, mm. but they kind of immediately dispatched them in the show um which i was sad about because i i dug oh. that but it, that shows her smart savvy level as well that she figured out camouflage i can i can travel with two of these things with their jaws ripped off and their arms ripped off they can't hurt me and um i can cover my own scent by having them around me oh. as well and i had so to ask because the characters in the show are not always the characters in the comics, and even when they are, they're not always the same character. Like they're they've diverged quite a bit. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I just I, I I think that character is really interesting. The most interesting characters, other than Carl, which I just refuse to still accept, was um, Michonne. But um, the governor, I like. I didn't have to have a backstory on him. I got what was happening there like right away and i love that actor but and yeah. um well you know. and you didn't get to see that beautiful ending for the last episode yet um where they have his aquarium filled with zombie heads and that is beautiful <laughs> the thought of the fact that this episode really was a karmic thing with before you have you know with laurie of course but also with carl who everything's kind of stemmed from you know he he has now had to shoot after didn't you know he he's pay, this is sort of his payback in one way it's sort of a of a a payback for him after he he hesitated and thinks to him Dale died and it really he really did so now Carl's had to not only take out his um surrogate father in one way as a zombie but now he's had to shoot his mother which is horrible and then Rick has had to come and pay even more than anyone else for uh, his the action that he took in the I believe it was the second episode of the of this season, basically leaving um, the the prisoner to die outside, cold as ice move that he did, just leaving him to be eaten, that and it doesn't happen, that and it doesn't happen cold. because thanks to that the prisoner actually lived and is the reason why this all occurred. Mm-hmm. Rick's, Rick's judgment of I'm going to leave you to die and not open the door, not let you back into safety cost him basically his sanity and the love of his life 
Yeah. And well, uh, I mean, T-Dog. actually... I haven't seen the episode yet, but what you're telling me from from what happens that makes perfect sense because he fought that for so long, and there was there was the struggle between him and Shane, and that was something Shane would have done. And Shane was like, "You got to do this in order to survive and protect the people you love." So sure enough, you know, Rick finally descends into and he pays the ultimate price for it. And there's a reason. How do you keep that child alive? How do you carry it? I mean, Daryl's not going to be like getting a papoose pack on the back of his Harley, you know, and, and you only have, you know, Carol's disappeared. She ran off, you know, you don't see her die, but you know, where is she going to go? Then you like the potential for this to go horribly wrong and start to suck is starting to increase. I'm not I saying don't it's think there it's, yet, but I'm saying it's starting. It's I don't think it's going to suck. I mean, this, but I'm... I'm worried it's going too dark for me. I don't know how much more desperation and suffering I can watch before I'm just depressed at the end. As well, that's as just, long as Norman Reedus' biceps are there, we'll be all right. And yeah. that's the thing. If you don't want to watch it, that's fine. I'm not going to twist your arm because it may not but, be but, your thing because it is very dark. really think that... Um, for that kind of show it is, and it not being my cup of tea and blah, 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 I think they did some really interesting things with this episode. And, you know, Greg Nicotero, good Lord, that, that man. <laughs> can I, can I has the, can I has the talent in his pinky? Like, can just, just a I little. I thought you were going to start, start talking about feels. I, I'm like, you have Nicotero feels? Because yeah. all of us, all, all of us have Nicotero feels. I mean, we all have Nicotero, N- Nicotero feels. <laughs> so, um, I think it's time, though, um, you know, there is a lot, uh, there are a lot of characters, there's a lot of great actors in it, and so give it a chance. I think it's some of the best television around lately, but that being said, I think it's time to bring on our guests for tonight and uh, talk about Horror Hound Weekend next week with Miss Jamie Lee Curtis. All right, everybody, and with us tonight are our special guests, uh, Nathan Hanneman, editor-in-chief and promoter of Horror Hound Weekend. Hi. Hey, and also with us tonight is Mr. Sean Clark of Horrors Hallow Grounds. And um, Sean's the big hero because he managed to snag us a pretty good get, didn't you, Sean? <laughs> and yes, uh, yeah, got a big get. Um, it is true. Brian Andrews is coming to Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> You're far too modest, Mr. Clark. You're far too modest. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever said that. I don't think anyone believes that. (laughs) No one believes that. No, believe that. It's true. I talked to Brian the other day. He is actually coming. (laughs) Yes, along with the rakish hair. Uh, It has to go hand in hand. Um, Mr. Clark there got Miss uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, who is going to be attending Harhound Weekend on November 16th through 18th. So, yes, Sean. Jamie Lee Curtis is coming yeah. on weekend in November. Really sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, she will be appearing with Brian um, and others. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Well, uh, yeah. and it's how- no big deal. It's not like it's a big deal. Just another it's guest. A huge just another, deal. Are you just another horror hound weekend. So, Sean, can yeah. you tell me a yeah. little bit of how you came to get her as a as a, as a get for the show? How did how did you pursue that? Um, you know, I I've been getting probably far too much credit than I deserve. I mean, I have tried to get her over the years, um, but this time it just was kind of, uh, it just kind of lucked into my lap. She called me one day completely out of the blue, had no idea she was going to call me, and it was an unrelated um, topic. Um, 
it was in regards to basically getting these masks autographed by the cast, the Halloween cast, and she needed to get in touch with everybody. And everybody she kept talking to said, you need to talk to this guy, Sean Clark. He knows how to get a hold of everybody. So she basically told me, I'm just going to call this one guy. <laughs> that's what she did. And we ended up talking for about two hours. And somewhere during the conversation, I never pitched a convention to her at all. She brought it up. And I mentioned what it was I do. I said, did because you know, she had been talking quite a bit with Tommy Lee Walsh. I said, did Tommy tell you what I do? And and that's how it kind of it went into that. And she's like, oh, well, perfect. You're the guy. And I'm like, oh, awesome. So that's pretty <laughs> much it. Yeah. That's awesome. She's, she's, it, she's made all the decisions in this, hasn't she, Sean? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, no. As far I mean, as, believe like, me, she's, even, even Jay Leno, yeah. that, was, that was all her. Yeah, she announced this yep. on, the, on the Tonight Show, which is like, the, the first time, I think, in the history of The Tonight Show that a specific convention other than like something like San Diego Comic-Con has ever been spoken about on The Tonight Show, which is amazing to me. That's just great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's been, that's, I mean, you can't pay for that kind of free publicity. Well, that, that statement doesn't even make sense, does it? <laughs> um, but, <laughs> that's just how anyway, mind-blowing it is. Uh, but no, that's, uh, yeah, that's how... I'm still in shock. That's what it is. Um, no, she, she basically took the bull by the horns on this entire thing from helping with guest lists, the concept of the show, uh, what she wanted to do. I mean, she, you know, I basically uh, said to her one day, hey, you know, do you think you could do some sort of video, you know, and I was, you know, to let people know you're really coming because they're, you know, there's, doubters out there and people putting shit in people's heads and if we hear it from the horse's mouth and she's like okay and then all of a sudden i get a dvd in the mail and she had shot it herself didn't even ask me what it should say just completely just did it and sent it to me and i'm like oh okay um (laughs) wish i would have known you were going to do this there's some bullet points i would have liked you to hit but you know and uh (laughs) But, but, you know, she just did it. She, she's a very take charge, this is, you know, do-it-yourself kind of person. And it's funny, she said to me, she said, you know what, Sean? I never, never, ever let somebody uh, handle things for me. It's just not my nature. I always do everything myself, and I'm trusting you not to f- this up, is what she <laughs> said to me. So, so, yeah, that's pretty intimidating. So. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. That, that's yeah. awesome, dude. So um, how many actual Michael Myers is, that's the right, there are going to be 37 of them there. How many How many of them are coming, actually? 37? No, anyway. Um, it, I, I think, see, it, uh, isn't it seven? Seven, uh, right? At this show, Will Sandin, Tommy Lee Wallace, Nick Castle, Brad Laurie, Chris Durand, Dick Warlock, six. Is there another one? Am I forgetting somebody? Uh, so um, we'll stand in one. That's it. I think there's six. six. There's six of them. That's, so that's what I said. That, so, you, so you're going to have every, basically just about every freaking Michael Myers there's ever been. You're going to have pretty close to the that's number. That's not true. That, no, that's not true. Uh, only the, one of the, the things with this appearance was it would be only people that were in her films. And since she was only in four of the Halloweens, it could only be Michael Myers from those Halloweens. We could have had all of them. They would all come. But it was a very specific, only people from her horror films. 
I mean, you have no idea how many celebrities have called Nate and myself begging to get in this show, you know, offering to fly themselves in, put themselves up by a table. I mean, it's, it, it's been insane. And we've had to put our foot down because it was actually part of the deal. You know, it's like, sorry, right. but you had to have been in one of her movies, you know? So it's pretty, it's pretty close to, uh, it's pretty close to everyone. I mean, there's been, we, we already know that, that she wasn't in in the, that one where he gets kicked to death by the rapper. Um, but, uh, she was was in that one. Oh, she was in that one. She was in that one. Oh, that's right. She wants to to forget she was in that one, but yeah, she was in. I I wanted to forget the movie. That's how vague I am with it. But, um, she she told me she's never seen it. Oh, so I, I don't know blessed. if that's true, but that's what she she told me she never saw Resurrection. But so oh. blessed by that. <laughs> oh God. So um, so what else is going on at this show? Uh, uh room two forty three. I'll be napping most of the time. <laughs> that's um, every show. That's <laughs> <laughs> every show, Nathan. Uh, well, on Friday, since Jamie's not going to be there on Friday, we're doing all of our panels. Um, so that's something that I think everyone would want to be there for on the uh, 16th. So we're doing a Halloween, Halloween 2, the, the Men Behind the Mask, and a Fog panel. And Shout Factory is going to be there, and they're doing a panel, and they're going to reveal a bunch of new DVDs and Blu-rays they're going to be revealing, including, I think, maybe something that has to do with the show. I don't know. You'd have to oh, why are you being? You're not supposed to say those things. I don't. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is what I deal with with these shows. Horror so, on the um, movie coming on Blu-ray. Oh God, <laughs> no! God, no! <laughs> Watch out for so, the Criterion yeah. Collection extras. So we are we are actually going to have a Q and A with Jamie on. Is it Saturday night? Yes. Okay, Saturday and are night. we? And are we doing a screening? I couldn't remember if that was actually true or not, that we are actually showing the original I, I film. Be, I believe we have a screening listed for Friday night um, at 11 o'clock. Oh, nice. Okay. And yeah, um, she, she said she happened to mention that in the video, so it had to happen. Yeah, it, that's another <laughs> example. <laughs> exactly right. You know, it, was, it wasn't planned, but she, she made it so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the power of her mind. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, and like we, this, we watch the video, and it's like we'll, I'll be we'll be doing a screening of the film, and um, Nate and I, and I looked at each other and we're like, "Well, I guess we're screening the film." So this is actually um, now are tickets still available, even just to get into the event um, at this point. Uh, I believe. I mean, I think pre-sell ends today, or it. It's probably going to be over by the time this goes up tomorrow or uh, whenever. You know, yeah. So, so I, the t- tickets will be available at the door. Um, I say that hesitantly um, because we sold a lot of tickets. And uh, but Jamie Lee, I don't, I don't believe we'll have any autograph tickets left for her. So if people yeah, are coming just anything. to meet Jamie, they should, they should instead come to meet all the other amazing actors from all of her films, like. And they will be able to purchase Q and A tickets if there are any left uh, stand uh, by themselves. It looks like. Yeah, yeah, those will be available at the door. Okay, and so the hard yeah, one. The Q and A, the Q and A tickets are going on sale on Friday, right, Nate? And and so that is clear. Encouraged, 
you're encouraged to be there because you have to, to get the Q&A tickets, you have to buy them on site. Those aren't being pre-sold unless you get the VIP package, then you already, yeah. you already and, have a Q&A ticket. The t- all tickets are good for th- all three days, uh, all weekend long, so no one has to pay extra money to show up on Friday. Awesome. And, and, uh, oh. and th- just so you know, even though autograph tickets, I think there's like maybe 20 left. I think it's so by the time this airs, I think autograph tickets are going to be sold out. Um, yeah. But there, there are still photo ops available. Um, so that. So if you do come to the show, you will actually, you know, still be able to get the photo op with her. And and it's not like she's going to be hiding behind a curtain like you see at some shows where they put a celebrity in a, a special room you can't get into or behind a curtain. You're going to actually, she'll be out in the open. You'll be able to see her. So it's not like uh, you have to have a special ticket to take a look at her. You know what I mean? So You um, may even put her on a stage. You're not yeah. putting her in a cage like a zoo animal and... It's not yeah, like, yeah. Actually, we were we were talking about like the Peter Chris's drum riser, like from back in the day, so it would like elevate, light it on um, fire. Yeah, and like sparks would shoot out of the side and stuff every like five ten minutes. But. So I needed to make sure that everyone knew that you could go to HorrorHamWeekend.com. It is uh, to check out the details. Marriott Indianapolis East, the March or yeah, I'm sorry, it, November sixteenth. I, I have recent. 16th or the 18th, I just updated the FAQ. We urge everyone to click on the FAQ because everyone seems to want to ask the same questions that are all answered there. And, and, uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of questions to be asked. So hopefully, you know, just click on the FAQ and that'll take care of all of your interests. And, and Which really, stands for frequently asked questions for all those people who don't know what the hell FAQ is. <laughs> Mr. Sean Clark, I, I have what? two questions for you from fans. Oh, no. Two whole questions? Okay. Two whole questions. I got two questions for you. Um, one is two that, from... Two that, two that you're able to ask on the air. <laughs> <laughs> These are the two that I was, I was asked to ask you, and they're actually not okay. um, horrible questions. Uh, okay. One is from... One is from Sherry Henry, and she says, Hey, Sean, what would you say is your most prized item in your horror collection? I'm betting it has to do with Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, uh, what is Nate it? Knows, Nate knows what it is. <clears throat> should, I guess, should I guess? Yeah, you know what it is. It's got to be the clown from Poltergeist. Yeah, definitely. My <laughs> I have the real clown from Poltergeist? Yeah, I have I have a screen-used clown from Poltergeist. Oh, God, I don't know how you sleep in, in you can, that. House. Yeah, you can see it in the uh, you can see it in the Horrors Hollow Grounds intro, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the intro, there's like a quick zoom on it during the intro. You can see it sitting in a chair. See, I watch it. <laughs> He's a and, fan. Is this next question from Nathan Hanneman? No, it isn't. It's from Heather. It's from Heather Blucher. And it is, hey, Sean, what would you say your guilty pleasure favorite bad horror movie is? God, um, you know what? This, this was, uh, what, what, do you know my answer to this one? <laughs> well, it was, I was going to say, this was Poltergeist 2, right? Oh, no, no. Poltergeist 3 would be. <laughs> Dude, I'm scared. <laughs> Come on. Um, you know what? I mean, I love a lot of bad horror movies, but for some reason when you said that, one of the first things that popped in my head was that movie Humongous. I don't know why. Um, 
it's, 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 I don't know. I saw it in the theater and it scared the shit out of me when I was 12 and you watch it now and it's like, you never see anything in that damn movie. I mean, you see a silhouette of whatever it's supposed to be, you know, big mutant retard. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> Sean is just but, know, that, but, <laughs> as far as bad horror movies that I really, really, really love, it would definitely be probably Terror Train. Oh, I love Terror Train. Terror Train is great. Yeah, I'm lo- really looking forward to meeting the guy from Terror Train. That's going to be at the convention. That's his first I convention agree. ever. So. That's great. So um, really quickly, uh, before we get cut off, because I know we're getting running out of time, or have, um, uh, we have an announcement for our Horror Ham <laughs> Weekend, March 2013. And Nate, get it, do I get to say it? Can I say it? The soupy sale, oh, I suppose. Soupy, soupy sales. Yes, it's soupy sales. I think is we're it? digging him out of the ground. No. <laughs> is he dead? I think he is. Soupy sales dead? Can we have a moment is. of silence? <laughs> I thought he was reincarnated <laughs> as Paul Ryan, but I, I don't know. Um, oh, let's not get political. Can we, can we stay away from the politics? <laughs> Good Lord. I'm so sick of it. I mean, I'm glad uh, I'm one, but I'm sick of it. So, Anyway. So, so our um, our a special announcement for the Walking Dead um, edition to Horrorham Weekend, March 2013. Shane comes home. We are going to have John Bernthal at Horrorham Weekend 2013 added to um, Shane, the website. Shane and Lori came reunited. Was he from Indianapolis? No one, no one freaking uh, has seen Shane, the movie Shane. Oh my God, really? I have, but I I'm ignoring it. your reference. <laughs> really? Oh. I thought this, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, thought this, I thought this was a horror it, podcast. I'm sorry. Yeah. My bad. I don't know. No, it's the All Around Geek it, it, pod, podcast. That's a different thing. Oh, okay. Jeez. And, 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 so, and, a, and a reminder, by the way, that it's March 22nd through the 24th, and it's in Cincinnati. Yes, and that's the one with the water park. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the water park. Are you going to wear the thong again this year, Nate? <laughs> wow! Um, and on I, that note, <laughs> what the, the, the <laughs> Coco Keys told me no. They said no, not not again. <laughs> they said they can't. You know, as long as they still have those those cherry slushies, I'm I'm a, I'm I'll be a happy camper. The ones know, with I like, never had one. They're like half raw oh, and slushy. No, no, they just have regular slushies. They have a slushy machine that's fucking amazing. It's, I know, I, I drank probably 50 of them during the weekend. Oh, man, that, <clears throat> that explains why you were so hyper. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Who knows? I don't know. Oh, I, I don't need to, I don't so, need to know the details. I don't need to know the details. <laughs> so with that being said, I, we I, I want to thank you guys for coming you on. You said it was going to be a half an hour, and you called me late. We've only been on for 20 minutes. Oh, that's a I lot. I want my full 30. How long have we been on, people? <laughs> it's 824. You called me at 804. Oh, see, we're going to get sued by, like, the government and everyone Why? that's listening. How many F-bombs you know, have you dropped, Sean Clark? Just, what, are we not, are we not supposed to curse on this thing? No. no. We're in a family. <laughs> I didn't know I had to warn you about that. I didn't know I had to warn you about that. (laughs) Oh, dude, you know I got a potty mouth. Why you gotta you gotta tell me these things? How am I supposed to know? No, now you're gonna sound like now you're gonna sound like uh, Shaggy from Scooby Doo because that's what she used for Rita's. 
I said you should have noticed I wasn't cussing. I'm the one with the problem. Thank you for being on, guys. I appreciate it. It's going to be a great show, so be sure to uh, come right. next week if you're in the Indianapolis area. Check out Horror Home Weekend with Jamie Lee Curtis. Halloween, baby. Yay. So thank you guys again, Sean <laughs> Clark, Nathan Hanneman. Goodbye. Good night. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs>